we sing the words, Lord, you are beautiful. And he is, beyond describing. Beautiful in terms of who he is, his character, his love, his justice, his power, his integrity, his wisdom. Beautiful because of what he does and uh, how his glory is expressed. Uh, Beautiful in his relationships. Beautiful in his intentions. Beautiful in his... uh, his mercy and grace. Beautiful in every way. And you know what he wants to do? You know what his dream is? Is that his beauty would be manifest in us. In this beautiful community that he's creating. And you are that community. Do you think of yourself as beautiful? I'm looking at a few guys who are... I don't know about that. But there's something beautiful. Something compelling. Something... Um, fascinating, uh, something attractive about a community that expresses the heart of God, that expresses the character of Christ. And uh, it doesn't just happen because we go off by ourselves and reflect and meditate. It happens, yes, because we have that foundation. We do have that relationship with God, but then we share that, we express that, we interact with each other, and we're doing that to experience this community, this body of Christ. This beautiful community that we are building. And we are responsible to participate. It's a gift to us. We're adopted into the family of God. God makes the choice, and then he asks us to choose to respond. So how do we do it? How do we build this beautiful community? How do you contribute? How do you become a part of it? Both receiving the benefit, all the benefit, and giving to the rest of us what God wants you to give. We're back in Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to read this passage, 29 through 32, just four short, short verses, but we're going to read it in two versions. Because I really want us to get it. And if it's too familiar in one, it might be kind of fresh in another. So please hear these words. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it might benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Let those words think in. And now I want you to read with me another version of this same passage from the message. So... Read this out loud with me, would you? Watch the way you talk. Let nothing demeaning or hurtful come out of your mouth. Say only what helps, each word a blessing. Don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing inside you is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself and useful to others. Don't take such a gift for granted. 
Make a clean break from all cutting, backbiting, and downgrading. Be gentle with one another. Be sensitive. Forgive one another as quickly and thoroughly as God, because of Christ, has forgiven you. Would you just close your eyes for a moment and remember what you just read, what you just said? The power of your words. power to bless and the power to curse. The power to build up and the power to tear down. The power of words. And with your eyes still closed, let me ask you this question. What do your words do? Do they build this beautiful community? Do they contribute? Do they edify? Do they encourage? Do they? Do you even know what they do? All right, open your eyes again. Return to the community. That's kind of a rhythm, you know. We have to practice that. To be, um, to be healthy, we have to retreat for a moment into solitude and consider who we are and where we are, where we are in our relationship with God, what's happening inside of us. Um, our capacity, is it growing? Um, are we going somewhere? Are we be- becoming the person, the man, the woman that God designed you to be? Or are you stuck? Or are you not paying attention? So, if you want to know about community, the first place you want to look is, is God himself. Because God, as Trinity, is community. God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit... And by the way, you'll notice that all three of those persons are mentioned in this passage. We talk about God, the Father. We talk about the example of the work of his Son. We talk about the influence of the conviction of the Holy Spirit. A community, a a love affair that's been going on for all eternity. God is not a solid, solitary monolith somewhere out there. God was never lonely. God was never alone. God was always in community. And that community now, that community that God is, sets a pattern for us. There's this mutual love and this mutual self-sacrificing service going on because of that impulse to love. That beautiful agape love, is now supposed to pour into us. We are supposed to join that community. God is inviting us now to join him. He is calling us to be friends. He is calling us, he inviting us to be his children, to be part of this family and to love one another. Now, I don't know how you felt when you were reading those words or thinking about those words a moment ago that come directly out of Scripture. But... Um, you may have been convicted a little bit. I am. 
Um, I'm convicted as I think about this past week. Um, there are actually several instances where I'm not at all sure that my words were the, the building up kind of words versus the tearing down kind of words. And uh, some of us are more at risk than others because we use a lot of words. In fact, there's an interesting um, um, exhortation in Scripture about those of us who are in positions of authority or who do a lot of teaching. We're held to a higher standard because our words are heard by a lot of people. Um, Words that can bless and words that can curse and words that can simply be a waste of time that don't do anything. And that isn't God's intention either. So I go back to last Sunday morning, and uh, we had a special guest. Danny Martinez was here, and you were all dancing, if I remember correctly. You don't remember that? Okay. I, 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 can, I can picture this congregation up on your feet dancing. Those of you that weren't here maybe can't imagine that, but we were doing it. I don't know how well, but we were, we were, we were moving, and, uh, and Danny brought a powerful message. And uh, I, was the, uh, I was the worship host. I was the moderator up here. Um, and uh, I got up at one point and uh, uh, sort of, you know, off the top of my, you know, off the cuff. I do that a lot. I'm very spontaneous. The risk goes up when, you're, when you have that personality. And I made a comment <clears throat> to Mark, who was on stage leading worship that day. And it was, in my mind, a little bit of banter. I wanted to lighten the mood just a little bit. Um, and so I teased him about a moment during worship. And I got a little bit of a laugh from the rest of you, and I thought was, you know, probably creating the right atmosphere. And uh, we moved on and went through the service, and it was a great time, and it was a great day. And it wasn't until Sunday morning during staff meeting when somebody brought it up that I may have made Mark uncomfortable, that I may have offended him by what I said, because I was teasing him. And uh, when I first heard that, you you know what I do. I I do what the rest of us do when someone says, you know, think about what you just said, or think about what you said two days ago. First of all, it caught me completely off guard, which is not good, (laughs) because I should sort of be a little more self-aware of how what I say affects other people. Um, So first of all, I was caught off guard. Secondly, I became defensive. Do you do this? And my first reaction is, um, oh, come on. He shouldn't be that sensitive. My next reaction is, um, you know, other people sometimes say things that are are off off the mark, too. You know, I'm not the only one. Because let's get the spotlight off me here. The other thing is, I think, to say is, well, that's just the way I am. You know, I'm um, somebody who's kind of spontaneous, so just deal with me as I am. And then the last sort of uh, uh, stage of self-pity, after a lot of defensiveness, was, well, then I'm never going to say anything again. I'm, I'm, I'm never going to um, try to be funny. I'm not going to tell any jokes. I'm not going to be spontaneous. I'm just going to go quiet. I'm going to go silent. And then nobody can ever criticize me again. Now think about how little maturity there is in any of those responses. But as I took it to heart, I, was, I felt horrible. And by the way, there's such a thing as godly sorrow that is different than guilt. Guilt just kind of keeps you stuck where you are. You just, you know, you sink down into guilt. Um, 
Godly sorrow, which is, you know, I really care about how I affect people, and I really care a lot about my friends, and I care a lot about Mark, and the last thing I want to do is make him uncomfortable or put him in a place where he feels, you know, kind of humiliated, even for a moment, because of something that I said, and I meant to tease him, and uh, um, um, not to put him down, but it came across differently, so I called him up, and uh, I apologized. And I don't know if that's my favorite thing to do, but I've done it a lot, and I do it more all the time, and uh, it's almost becoming kind of a natural response because I don't want things to go um, longer than they need to go. Can, can anybody relate to me? Have you, have you ever said anything? Just sort of, you didn't mean it, and it came across, and now sometimes I do mean it. <laughs> Sometimes that was a barb, and I hope you got it. Sometimes I, I do it because I'm thoughtless, and sometimes I'm thoughtfully evil. I don't know that I like that phrase. And we are told to not let any unwholesome word come out of our mouths, any unwholesome talk. And uh, that, that's, a, that's a tall order, but it's... It's crucial if we're going to build this beautiful community. It will happen. It's inevitable because, you know, we're human beings and we get off track and we're not thinking clearly and we're not as sensitive as we should be. But this is the standard. It's a high standard because this community counts and every individual in it is, is, is worthwhile and valuable. And um, in the moment where I'm thoughtless, I devalue you. But as soon as I come back to you to try to make that right, I'm showing, once again, the value. So it's not too late. It's not, you know, we're done. It's over. Because there is such a thing as forgiveness, which he then needs to practice back to me. So the command to me is, Doug, be thoughtful. Um, the word unwholesome, by the way, in this scripture, that's, unwholesome is kind of a nice way of saying, kind of a euphemism of saying, decayed, corrupt, destructive. Don't let that come out of your mouth. And when it does, make it right. And when it does, close the gap. And when it does, humble yourself. That's hard to do. But so important to do. And because it's for the cause that I care about, which is this community and, and this relationship. And by the way, Mark is one of my favorite people at GRX. Nobody works harder to grow himself into the worship leader that he wants to be than Mark. And why would I ever want to discourage him about that? You know, Mark's on the drums and Mark's on the vocals and he's playing the guitar and he's even on eight-count dance team now. He's doing it all. And I'm going, to, I'm going to say something in front of other people that hurts. Um, I'd, I'd like to get a little bit more um, intelligent before I speak. But when I'm not, I want to quickly close the gap. I want to quickly make it right because this community counts on that because Christ himself demands it of me and of you. And that's why a lot of us drop out because it's, well... I don't know. We being self-centered is, of course, a lot easier, and and uh, we're in and out of community, but we're not really participating. We're not really contributing, and we're not really part of the healing. Don't let any unwholesome word come out of your mouth, but only that which 
blesses, only that which builds up, only that which provides benefit, that which really helps. Now, there's a lot to think about before you speak. And uh, there's a problem on both sides, kind of on both extremes of personality. On my extreme, you know, sort of the extrovert side, I speak and then listen to what I just said and decide whether I liked what I heard. Okay, risky business. Um, To be more thoughtful is my challenge, and perhaps for some of you as well. On the other side, where many of you may be, is because you're not off the hook because you don't say much. We need actually to hear more from you, not less. We need to hear words that build up, that affirm, that value, that encourage. You have no idea how much power you have to lift somebody else up. I've experienced that from you. I've been lifted up by people who have just kind of walking by and saying something loving to me, something complimentary to me. Just paying any attention to me at all is a powerful influence in my life. In fact, ultimately, when you do that for me, I take it as a gift from God, that God somehow is pouring into my life through you. So it's not about being quieter. It's about being more thoughtful and more intentional and more loving and more encouraging. And that's what we get to do for each other. By the way, it begins at home. So don't leapfrog over the people who are closest to you. Think about the effect of your words. And by the way, can I add tone of voice? Can I add expression on your face? When you say those words, is it coming from a place of love? And when you're off course... Are you willing to get back on course as quickly as possible? Are you even willing to hear a critique from someone who says, that hurt me, without saying, well, you shouldn't feel like that. Well, you should know me by now. That's just the way I am. I'm pretty good at insulting, and that's who I am. Take take it or leave it. Well, I've got to take you because you live with me, but I'd rather leave it, (laughs) is what you're thinking. Don't put people into a place like that where they have that dilemma. Open yourself up and say, if, in fact, at some point I do hurt you, I do step on you, I do um, violate your dignity in some way, would you let me know? Because I don't want to do that. I, I, I do want to make it right. I'm not talking about getting neurotic about this. Okay, that's, that's a, always a possibility. You, you can go too far, and then you, you, know, just, you, you stop speaking. You stop interacting. No, there, there's a risk in human relationships. We understand that. And I'm willing to take that risk, I guess. Um, And the risk is, I will be wrong. And when I'm wrong, there's this wonderful remedy. It's called forgiveness. It's called confession. It's called forgiveness. And we can not only repair the relationship, it can be stronger than ever. Because we have dared to be really honest about what just happened here. And now I trust you even more. If you apologize to me, my trust, my ability to get closer to you actually goes up. And that's, uh, that's a beautiful thing. Um, what's behind the unwholesome talk? Well, in this passage, according to this passage, there's uh, a number of things that are behind it. Bitterness, sometimes. And I need to kind of, is there any bitterness in me towards somebody that causes me to speak to them in a certain way or, or to avoid speaking to them in the way God wants me to? What's going on there? Is there bitterness? Is there rage? Wow. I don't know that I want to admit that, but, th- but there might be. And there might be a reason for it. 
Okay? There might be a reason for it. For my anger, for my aggressiveness, and the aggressive language that I'm using, for the slander, because that's a kind of another way of talking about gossip, because I'm not necessarily saying it to you, I'm saying it to somebody else about you. And that's destroying this community. And this is a sacred project, this community. It talks about not grieving the Holy Spirit. Well, what does, that have to do? what does that have to do with anything we're talking about? It has everything to do with it. The Holy Spirit is the person in the Trinity who builds up the body. This is the project of the Holy Spirit. And if I'm undermining that in some way, if I'm neglecting you in some way, I'm offending God. I'm offending God's Spirit. So it isn't just between me and you. God has an investment in us. This is his project. This community, this beautiful community that God dreams of to bring together all these diverse people and and personalities from different backgrounds and says, watch me put this together. And because they're committed to me, they, we, are going to learn how to um, not just tolerate each other, not just accept each other, ships passing in the night, but learn to care and learn to love and learn to forgive and learn to reconcile and restore. So how do we do this? How do we do this? We have to remain invested. We have to remain in relationship. And we have to guard on the one hand. We have to unleash all of this the words that, that build up, the words that help, the expression, the tone, um, the whole approach to each other in such a way that people are lifted up. Do you know how to do that? Has it been done for you? Has it been modeled around you? Did you, did you grow up with that? If you didn't grow up with that, if you didn't grow up in a family that nurtured you, Um, that's what this family of families now is supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be nurturing you so that you learn how and you begin to catch on and you begin to share those words and those messages and those, um, those expressions of love that the rest of us need from you. Um, And don't think you don't count and don't think, well, I've been around a long time. People take me for granted. Well, we might, but Please don't, don't leave it at that because God has something in more. Well, I'm brand new. You know, nobody really... Well, you're brand new and you have a brand new gift for us. And the gift is you. Yes, you bring other gifts and other talents. And uh, 18 of you will be working with our children in the near future. Boy, that sounded manipulative, didn't it? And I meant it to be. Um, if you're new... I see my dear friend Mark wandering in the courtyard right now. Come here, Mark. I want to love on you a little bit. Oh, he hears me. Is it being projected out there? I'm thinking that I'm talking about him behind his back, and and there he is. And his his willingness to um, let me off the hook when I called him with my apology...
So uh, I was just kind of sharing what, what happened last week and how I kind of missed my cue and how I needed to apologize to you because the last thing I want to do is discourage you because I so much appreciate your investment in GRX in this community. So are we good? Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping for that. I was hoping for that. Thank you. Thank you. As you watched this uh, awkward maneuver up here a moment ago, <laughs> is there somebody in your life you need to, to do that with? Make a call to? Um, make it right? Maybe even simply ask them, are we okay? Maybe you just sense that you might not be. Let me close with ten rules. If you're determined to bless us, and to be part of this blessing, I want to suggest 10 rules for engagement. Rules of engagement. Okay? There, there's 10 here. So you can write this down, and you can practice this. And you'll be part of building this beautiful community, which, which you are. Which you are. So check your motives in conversations with people. Is my heart right? Am I moving in the right direction? Um, or is there something wrong inside my heart? Maybe it's even kind of a gut check. Maybe it's deeper, lower than your heart. Is, is there something that somehow estranges me or alienates me or, or intimidates me as I move toward this person? Check your motives. Obviously, God's call is for us to come from love how can I lift you up? Is there any debris in the way of that? Is there any impediment in the way of that? Is there some history in the way of that? If there is, check your motive and ask God to tune, fine-tune your motive because it's very clear what God wants and where he wants us to come from. Number two, live forgiveness. Really, do I have to do that? Absolutely, you have to do that because God in Christ has forgiven you. Do you remember that? And you know that he's constantly doing that? And he's constantly bringing you back into that place of fellowship because of his willingness to forgive and the provision in Christ for forgiveness? And so if he's done that for you, and he's done that for the person that you have some problem with, this is going to be the solution. This is the great weapon that we have in this battle to build a community. And it is a battle. We have to fight for it. We have to fight for one another. In fact, if you start walking away or moving away or getting into some kind of trouble, I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to fight for you. Sometimes it'll feel like I'm fighting against you because I might be telling you the truth. And we'll talk about how to do that in a moment. But um, I've got to make sure that my motive is right, that I want the very best for you, and I will do whatever it takes to make it right, including humbling myself in ways that make me feel uncomfortable because I want to be part of this project. It's God's project. Number three, cultivate kindness, gentleness, gen gentleness. Let's be sensitive as we handle each other, which I'm not always because I'm kind of aggressive and I know where I want to go and let's drive and get there. And sometimes, I suppose without knowing it, I could run over somebody. But, you know, our project is not to accomplish a task. Our project is people. And so if there's a body in the wake back there, 
Leave your gift at the altar, Jesus says, even in worship. Don't pretend you're worshiping God when you're ignoring your brother. You can't, or sister, you can't do it. You can't do it. So a kind of gentleness, a, a, a kindness that adapts to the needs and the issues that are going on in other people's lives. Number four, find a way to affirm people. And different people need affirmation in different ways. There's something kind of creative about this. What is it that I see in you? This isn't cheap flattery, by the way. That's why you can't turn this into a formula. It's about affirming what you truly see in somebody else. So you have to look deeply into people to find out what it is they need to hear and need to be built up about. Number five, always speak the truth in love. We heard that earlier in chapter 4, Ephesians. Speak the truth in love. Yes, we need to speak the truth and even correct each other sometimes. It doesn't mean we're always being, quote-unquote, nice and never real. No, we need to be real, but speaking the truth in love is the way we do that. So again, it builds up. That you actually leave the conversation stronger, having heard the truth, but you know that I love you, and you know that I'm for you, not against you. I'm not looking down at you. I want to lift you up. I care enough to confront you about this, but I'm doing it in love. I'm doing it gently. I'm doing it with kindness. Number six, don't react respond. Reactive. It's just easy to react and to react in kind. So you were sharp with me, I'm sharp back with you. You withdraw from me, I withdraw from you. That is such a natural thing to do. But now we're letting somebody else drive the agenda. We need to let God drive the agenda and set our spirits. And so respond. You know, a kind word turns away wrath. You can actually disarm the attitude of somebody else who's going off in the wrong direction because you refuse to match the intensity of their hostility or of their indifference or whatever it is that they're showing you. You don't have to determine how you respond to somebody else based on what they're doing to you. You're willing to be uncomfortable. You're willing to trust God that if I love this person, that's going to have the result, God, that you intend, even though I'm getting no encouragement from them at all. Don't react. That's just the natural instinct, and that's self-protective. And there's such a thing as the sin of self-protection. I'm going to protect myself. God says, no, let your guard down. I'm your protection. I'm your shield. I want you to step out in love. Yes, you might be humbling yourself, and yes, you're doing something actually very daring and maybe countercultural, but you're building my community. You're building up the body. And why are we building up the body, by the way? Because we have a very sacred mission that we have to be a part of. We're supposed to, what God wants to do is present us to the world and say, see, I'm real. See, I make a difference in the world. And sometimes the world looks at us and goes, so what? I don't see any difference at all. Uh, I, I, I don't know. We, we dare not give them that excuse to turn away from God because God is presenting us to the world. And when the world sees us loving one another, my, how they love one another... God must have intervened in our world, and Christ, the good news of Christ, there's something to it. I have to explore it. In fact, I'm invited into it. Even before I believe it, I'm invited into it because there's something compelling about this community because they're practicing this. Number seven, strengthen connections. You know, when I reach out to you, when I speak to you words of love, other people get the benefit that aren't even part of this relationship. It affects everyone around, either positively or negatively, depending on what's going on. 
So you're actually building and strengthening connections, all kinds of connections, not just between the two of you. When the two of you are tight, when, when that relationship, when that friendship is growing, other people around you benefit. They're blessed by it as well. It has that kind of ripple effect, just as it will negatively if there's a problem going on. I was once in a church where two families had a feud going, and they would maneuver their way around the sanctuary so they would never have to see each other or, talk or speak to each other. They would see each other. They'd never actually have to encounter each other. Do you think that affected everybody else in the church? And the answer is, of course, it did. And finally, had to be dealt with, even though people were scared to death to deal with because there was such deep animosity between them. Happened to be two grown-up sisters, you know, who were arguing about, you know, what happened to, to mom once, once upon a time. And now, you know, nobody even knew the story. They just saw the effect of that. And that's a sin not only against each other, but against the body. And you and I don't want to perpetuate that. In fact, at some point, we have to become kind of an immune system and come around people and say, okay, we're going to contain this virus, and now let's address this. We're going to speak the truth in love to you because healing needs to happen. We insist on it. The body of Christ needs to be healthy. We've got a mission to do here. And without being healthy, we've got no message. We discredit ourselves. Number eight, when in doubt, don't say it. This is just for me, by the way. Because I think of a lot of clever, sarcastic things to say. It's a curse. You know where the word sarcasm comes from? It comes from the Greek word sarx, which means flesh. And sarcasm means tearing the flesh. That's like something you ought to be careful about. When in doubt, don't say it. Um, that's, that's, that's the rule that I have to uh, think about every day, including right now. I mean, right now, in this moment. Lots of thoughts are going through my head. Which ones would be helpful? Which ones would be a throwaway? Then don't waste your time. Which ones might actually hurt someone? I don't care how entertaining they might be. If they demean, devalue, divide, not good. Not good, Doug. Pay attention. Number nine. Speak as if they were there listening. Wow. If I'm talking about someone, it's as if I should think about, would I say this if they were here? Could I say it in good conscience if they were here? Is it true? And does it, does it speak um, um, in a loving way about them? If I can't, I, I ought not to. And perhaps what I ought to do is go talk to them if I have something hard to say. I can't talk to you about them in a way that now puts you at jeopardy for thinking poorly about them. And boy, that's a natural temptation for us to give into because to elevate myself, it's easy to put somebody else down. But I'm, we're not about that game here. We're not about elevating in order to put down. We're about elevating. It has to be a win-win. It has to be. It has to be. And when I have a problem with you, I go to you out of gentleness. I go to you in humility, knowing that I'm a sinner too. And I'm offering myself as a way of helping you move past wherever it is you've gotten stuck. We've got to practice this. And we've got to give each other some, uh, some grace because we're not going to do it perfectly. But, um, but this is God's project. 
And this community requires communication and requires a constant revising and retuning of our relationships. And finally, number 10, check back later. If you're worried, if you're worried for a moment about what just happened and what the effect was, call her up. Call them up, say, um, I'm not sure that what I said was the most helpful thing. Uh, are, we, are we okay? Again, not about going neurotic, not about checking in, you know, every few minutes with somebody. Um, as relationships stabilize, as they grow deeper, um, you know, they're not as fragile. But we have to build those relationships. And they're built on the shared experience of a lot of truth and a lot of love together. So I wonder again if this gives you some clarity about what it means to build the beautiful community and what your role is and what the benefit will be for you and for all of us. And as you're thinking about that, I'm wondering what conviction. Uh, God must be speaking to you about some point in terms of your relationships and building this community and building every community that that you're a part of. There must, be, there must be some provocation here for you, some incentive here for you to be thinking about this. So would you uh, pray with me and allow me to pray for you?